Hello, everyone, and welcome to the 26th episode of the Tuesday Night Podcast. I'm your host, SBJ, and with me tonight, I have Alan Gerding. That is me, Alan Gerding. Um, oh, before, yeah. before you make the show even more depressing, welcome, new listeners. My apologies. This is a show about tabletop, board gaming, role-playing games, dice games, card games, Anything you can play on or off your table. All right, back to Alan. Hey, well, it's just the two of us, and I... It's a song. Yeah, no Sean, and there's a reason why, and I figured I owed it to you and the listeners to explain what the hell is going on in the world of Tuesday Night Games. So, uh, you ready for this? Uh, I'm here. Doesn't matter if you are or not, I'm going for it. Yeah. Uh, so, long story short, you probably know this, the listeners probably know this, the reason we're really late on things, I'm not going to pull any excuses or punches anymore. It's because of Sean. And uh, we have a problem with like motivation, getting them going, that kind of thing. And, uh, you know, I'm no saint myself, but a lot of my energy goes into motivating Sean. And the reason he's not here today is when we started Tuesday Night Games, I had three very specific goals in order of priority. Priority number one was not to wake up screwed. I told Sean, I don't want to like screw up taxes or some type of interest or something like that where we wake up and my own personal money is gone. Surprise, you're screwed. That was priority number one. Priority number two, let's have fun. Like if things get too difficult, that's not why we're here. We're here to enhance our life. And three, make a little scratch, especially you, Sean. I even said this, like, especially you'd make money because I want you to be motivated for the company to do as well as possible. Those were the only three real criteria I had, which I thought were pretty simple. It's interesting because neither one of us have actually seen a dime from Two Rooms and a Boom yet because Sean hasn't had the meeting yet with our accountant and contractually said who gets how much and whatnot. So we have to fill out this business paperwork. So that's just another story. Obviously, I'm not pulling punches against Sean, and maybe I shouldn't be doing this while I'm still angry at Sean. But here's the thing. About four weeks back, I get a letter from the IRS saying that I owe them $3,000 because I didn't file taxes for Tuesday night games. Now, the issue is I originally started the company as an Ohio entity, but Sean wanted it be the business aspect of the company. So he opened up a Tuesday night games in Dallas months later. So we had to close out the Ohio business. Well, Apparently, it wasn't closed out appropriately, so apparently taxes were accruing, and you're just supposed to file taxes. Even if you make no money, which is the case, like nothing happened, you're supposed to file taxes. So there's penalty for it. So this $3,000 is for the 2013 taxes for Tuesday Night Games. And so when I get this, obviously I'm really upset, and so I contact Sean. He says, let me contact our accountant. He contacts the accountant. And it's happening again for 2014, and there's nothing we can do about it. And the problem is, sure, the business has to pay for it, but there's not enough to pay for the $6,000 and probably more after we figure out because it charges you penalty per month. So now it has to go into my own personal money, which means we have to cancel World Championship Russian Roulette, and that means Anthony Birch has to go somewhere else. And at this point, I said, man, we don't even have any, we don't have a company more. And I think I'd be a fool, a jackass to start the company all over again. So 
Sean and Alan as Tuesday night games, not looking so good. So that's why Sean's not here today. Cause I basically told him, figure this out as best you can, but I'm basically getting ready to pay these things. Sorry. It's such a dark episode. Boom. Questions. I hear you. So I also heard that you recently lost a game of gay chicken and now you have to marry me. That's right, Will. Because <laughs> it's April Fools. John's and Alan never much. backs away from gay chicken. I never back down from gay chicken. But it's the April Fools episode because it's uh, Friday after we release this is April Fools. And April Fools is one of my favorite days of the year because I'm an asshole. So uh, <laughs> it's the one day where I can get away with it. Just being my old American self. Woo-wee. <laughs> So Sean and I are fine. Taxes, but that actually did happen where I got the letter for that. <laughs> just, we file an abatement and it should be fine because it was just a whoopsie. And that's the secret to really sinking people into a lie. You got to tell some truth, but then you piggyback all these lies on it. Hook, line, and sinker. Yeah. So we got Will here. We got Will here. Uh, part of B team, part of B team joining yeah, us. So today. it's just a, a P team now because I'm the upper part of the B team. All right. I see. Understandable. <laughs> you know, when you were telling your story, Alan, which I don't know how long you thought about that story or how spontaneous it was. You wanted me to answer that? I, I guess it was a rhetorical question. Okay. Okay. But uh, it was 10 minutes because I just had to handle that tax thing today. I was like, oh, I could totally exaggerate this into an April Fool's. Yeah. The real question is who forms a corporation in Ohio and not Delaware? But I guess that was your first mistake. It was. Hey, I didn't come onto the show saying that I'm some business genius. <laughs> I've never said that. So as, as you were indulging everyone in your story, I was thinking of I was thinking back to my uh, Dungeons and Dragon Knights role playing game that I played this week, and we have we have two veterans uh, besides the GM, and then we have me, and then we have another new person, and. At various points in the last month of playing this game, they've gone into character and they would talk and act and represent the character that they created. Well, this is cool because you don't have to act like your character because your character is you. You actually do (laughs) want to be a luchador and you do want to make out with a legendary Pokemon. (laughs) Oh, that's so gross. (laughs) Slightly off, but okay. (laughs) So, I, you know, I've tried to get into the acting and your performance earlier uh made me think of that and i told my gm earlier or my dm we were just talking i was asking him how the game was going how he thought everyone was doing you know how many episodes he thought was left going on and forth and he said you know for your first time playing D, you're doing really well and i was like oh thank you blah 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 and i was like i'm gonna be honest with you like this performance thing that travis and logan does they're really like they're into it they like doing it they have confidence and, you know, I've tried to dabble with it in the last four weeks, and I just don't like it. I don't, I like D&D. I like the situations. I like the thinking. I like hard choices. But I don't like the performance. And Greg, my GM, said, you know what? Like, not everyone does, and that's not, that's no big deal, especially for me being the GM. Just, you know, let me know what you want to do, and I'll make it happen. And I thought that was really cool. So now, going into the fifth week next week, I'm a little more excited because I feel like that's a bit of a weight off my shoulder and that's probably why we different in games alan because you really like off your rocker and monikers and all that kind of stuff where like i like it but 
I could do without any of the performance. That's just like not me. You just want to win. You want to know what steps to take (laughs) so you can win, which is why. So, Alan, here's a little known secret. But Steve and I played a, I know we shouldn't mention it, video game last night. Blasphemer! But the look on his face when I (laughs) beat him is priceless. Minute mark, 28, 12 seconds. Have a look. (laughs) What's the game? Pockin' Tournament. Oh, you guys are doing the uh, freaking fighting game with Pokemon, yeah? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Tekken meets Pokemon. I was very upset when Will beat me. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I don't think it's more like, it's not the whole winning or losing that really gets me. I think it's like, what did I do wrong? And I like, no, I'm better than, not like, I'm not going to say like, oh, I'm better than Will. I shouldn't have lost. It's just like. When I go through a fight or in any situation or a game, the frustration comes of like, these were the mistakes I made and now I realized it. And so now I'm just mad at myself. Will, you probably know this. I'm a psychologist in real life. You know that, right, Will? I'm aware. You want to hear the real reason why SBJ gets upset when you beat him in the game? (laughs) Well, I'll take your current diagnosis, if not your final diagnosis. You see, the thing of the matter is, is that SBJ... Thought he'd be an actual wrestler, so he joined wrestling when he was in, was it middle school or high school, oh, SBJ? Yes, we've all heard that story. I told a really <laughs> great, we're, we're way off topic, that's all right. I told a really great wrestling story uh, at C2E2. It's funny that you bring that up. Well, that's how I know this story is oh, because okay, okay, I okay. listened to your podcast. I was really impressed at how well you did it. R2-3PO or whatever the <laughs> R2-D2 show is. Anyway, I, the audience really respects your words. It's so cool how you're able to control that room. But you shared a story in which you constantly got your ass kicked at wrestling and never considered yourself an athlete. Even when your father said, if you beat this next wrestler, if you win your next match, I will buy you that Pokemon game you've been wanting. You still couldn't do it. So you were wrestling just... Just to get a video game, and here you are, you thought, man, I'm not athletic, but at least I can game. And now you're getting your ass kicked in video games, too? (laughs) Where is your self-worth at? But let me help you out, SBJ. You're not as good as your victories. Victory is something that maybe can happen, but it's all in how you play the game, man. You are a gentleman, and you're already winning, so you don't need a win against Will. You're doing fantastic. Do you want to know the real answer? (laughs) <laughs> for for all your psychological mishmash, whatever head shrinking out in the African wilds studies. Sure, you've done. sure. Well, I just wanted to let SPJ, SPJ know that he doesn't have to win in order to be a good person. That was some very well, good positive life advice, Alan. But see, you're wrong um, <laughs> because see, Alan, you in life, and and let's say let's in in life as encapsulated by the gaming world, you are drawn to the performance. You want to express your inner drives and everything through your performance of the game. And that's what gives you pleasure. For me, I enjoy the social aspect. I enjoy around being around other people. My own involvement, not so big a deal. For Steve, he's of a different type. He wants to figure out the system. And he wants to become the expert at the system. And if he can't figure out that system, he has failed. And that is where his morality is directed derived from derived yes in my beating him i understood the system better than him and that's why he was so disappointed (laughs) and you know his answer to that was 
He was disappointed at what he did wrong, and he's going to go back and practice, 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 and figure out that system. So I'm not going to say that you're wrong, Will. I think Will is pretty accurate. <laughs> I've taken a lot of what's really weird is as we're talking about this, like this last week, I've taken a lot of like, uh, like those stupid, silly uh, IQ tests and personality <laughs> tests. Like those I are spent... bullshit. The online ones are bullshit. Just so you know, totally invalid, but keep going. I have spent like, just, uh, just because, you know, you take one and then you're like, well, maybe I should take another one. So now I feel like I'm like, it's like 1994 and I'm sitting on a couch with like a 17 or a cosmopolitan taking like one of those like sex quizzes. That's how I, how I felt all week of like, oh, maybe, maybe I'll take this one. Oh, all right, cool. Let me let me take this one. All right, this one's like 40 minutes and not like six. Ah, whatever, it's only 40 minutes. I'll take this one. So in using those quizzes to figure something out about yourself, what are you finding out about yourself? Uh, most most quizzes came back that I'm a very, I'm a very logical thinker. See, you want to understand the system. You think that the system will set you free, but possibly is the system trapping you? You know, you know what See, got me... You know, Alan, what, what Steve actually knows and you don't know is I see a very strict Freudian lady for two hours every week. And I think I've learned her tricks. <laughs> I don't believe anything she has to say, but <laughs> I mean, you said twice a week, twice a week. Wow, that's pretty hardcore, man. Congrats. I, I give you props for that. That's dedication. Well, I mean, she's got to make her three hundred dollars a week. Otherwise, she's going <laughs> to you know, go out of business be in the poorhouse. Her, her uh, other qualification is uh, uh, she, she worked with Sylvia Plath. <laughs> and she she shares that like a badge of honor. She's not supposed to, the words, the confidentiality. You're not supposed she, to. Uh, uh, not as a patient. I just find it humorous. <laughs> okay. Uh, you guys. What got me set off on all this is that I was sent an article about how people with like higher IQs uh, get more frustrated in social situations than people with lower IQ. And so that's what started my downward spi spiral of like investigating what side of brain I use more, which... Oh, don't even talk about lateralization of brain. That's actually what my graduate degree is in. I had to spend hours and hours and hours upon hours hooking people up to EEG, measuring their brain reactivity to certain stimuli and seeing what the left versus right processing is. And I've given a lot of clinical IQ tests. So Wexler's adult, uh, adult intelligence scales. So that's like the waist. And then you give the children the whisk and I the whisk? can even tell you how those are the whisk. That's the Wexler's intelligence scale for children is what you give to children. And Wexler's is the only real norm validated one. That is the go-to. It's one of the big three psychological examinations that insurance typically pays for. But the thing of the matter is, it's really good at determining how well you'll do in college. But success is not correlated to your intelligence at all. So intelligence, the specific IQ tests are really good at measuring how well you could do in college. Besides that, not as much. In fact, it's emotional intelligence, which is the strongest correlate to success in life and success measured not just in finances but satisfaction in life so if someone's worried about getting a higher iq there's better ways that you can be spending your time let me just tell our listeners that right now yeah i, I mean i'm definitely not worried about getting a higher iq i was just just curious let's transition yeah, here no. otherwise we're going to keep going down this road i yeah, was gonna say like april fools, you're all dumb not that <laughs> not that it's a bad road 
but you had a couple questions. You said you had a couple questions about C2E2. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I got to keep Captain Chestbeard at bay here so we can talk about the topic of the episode and whatnot. But sometimes the audience seemed a little hostile at times. Like, there were actually some boos. Uh, how afraid are you standing in front of the audience? Because when you're in a podcast, no one's going to reach through the audio waves and stroke that's really mean. But when they're person to person, they may actually throw something at you. You ever worried? I don't, I'm never worried in like, uh, somebody getting mad at what I say or throwing something or anything like that. As for like stepping in front of a crowd, that room that I spoke in, which was a little smaller than the previous years, held about 200 people. And... Within 10 to 15 minutes, the room was filled minus, you know, five or six seats. And then throughout the show, you know, some people left early, which is normal. Definitely normal because after doing this for, you know, six years, some people just leave early and that's cool. And then, you know, some people come in 45 minutes late and just catch the last 10 minutes. And that's also cool. As for like being worried or nervous or anything, not so much. I think the thing I do, which... The thing I do before every show is like I I get out there early, I set up, and then I just sit there out of sight for five, ten minutes, and I don't want anyone to talk to me. I don't want to meet or greet. I just want to sit there and just like go through all my thoughts before I stand up and I say, what's up, everyone? So you're not actually scared of that? Because I, I can see why you're not actually scared. There's a lot more respect being thrown at you than any boos or hisses. And typically the boos, the way I interpreted it, weren't at you. It was at... A specific Pokemon that you were talking about, or a specific game, like they didn't like that game. Ooh, bad game, not at you. Yeah, so that makes sense. And you, you know, I would actually almost always prefer that kind of audience. Yeah, absolutely. Because at least I'm getting some reaction, and I would rather like if if they're mad at a game they don't like or a Pokemon they don't like or an opinion I say, I know at least the audience is somewhat passionate instead of just being there because they have to be there. The other things I have that I wanted to ask you about talking from this large crowd after listening to your talk, I found really intriguing is that you talk a lot about your future children. Oh, when I have kids, I'm going to do this. And when I have kids, and that came up not once, not twice, not even three times, but like five times during, I'm like, wow, you really? mentioned your, the future. Yeah. You mentioned your kids a lot. Not sure if you're aware of that. And I also love the, the idea that you said, uh, my dad is not a nice person, as you were telling the wrestling story. So once again, <laughs> throwing your family under the bus. So I would love to spend more time talking about that. But here's, here's one mean question that I have. And hopefully you're not too insulted by this. <laughs> okay. You were talking about how you finally got that Pokemon game that you wanted. Because you had to wait until your birthday, until you got it. Because you lost that wrestling match and your mm -hmm. father never bought that Pokemon game for you. And you said... I was so happy to get it. I was livid. I was so excited to get it. And you use the word livid. <laughs> I heard and the my same question thing. is, what does livid mean? <laughs> livid would mean angry. Okay, cool. So I was just wondering, like, wait, you're like, I was so happy. I was livid. I was so excited to get it. I was thinking, wait, what? And I, it just took me out of the moment because I was just wrapping my mind around it. All right. Uh, one last question. Yarr, no more questions. It's <laughs> I time to be moving on. Get off of here. I definitely, uh, there's probably been, in if if I was to pull up all six recordings of every time I spoke live at C2E2, there's probably at least two instances where I butchered a specific word or <laughs> 
and I, I don't I think that just comes out more when when I'm live because I talk too fast and that's what I said like last week of like oh I'm probably gonna burn through content so I like purposely made double the amount of slides I normally make because I knew I would burn through it and actually I thought I paced myself pretty well um, this time around but yeah using the wrong words yep that's that's definitely me no shame there yeah and it happens to everybody with public speaking right you can't be perfect and i don't aspects. think your kids will be ashamed of you at all about your public speaking skills oh, i think you do much greater than worse and they'll be like that's my dad i love him and all the games we play together speaking of games our topic of the episode was if we had any terrible gaming experiences excuse me sam do you have the time uh yeah it's topic time Seemingly that the theme of the show is <laughs> downhill. I'm so excited to actually have Will here so he can tell his stories and uh, his table talk, even though we're like already 20 minutes into this. This is cool. I'm excited. Yeah. Does that mean I have to start? No. <laughs> well, I, I have had two bad experiences and I, I've told, well, actually one bad, one good. Uh, the diplomacy was actually a good experience. That's that an awesome experience. Still my favorite episode. And the bad experience was when I was trying to learn King of Tokyo the first time and it turned into us playing Monopoly. So Another amazing story. <laughs> Props. I'm trying to think of one I haven't told. And I feel like I've told instances of like, I've played this game, it didn't go well. I haven't played it since. But I'm trying to let think. Me, uh, let me get substance. everybody started. I can, I can put in a quick chestnut. Let's um, do it, Will. If that's all right. Let's do it, Will. I think uh, it's. I've said before, and, and people have heard me say that uh, Love Letters is one of my carry around games. So that if if there's time that comes where we need to play a game, I can pull it out and and you know we can play Love Letters. Right? Should be a simple game to introduce to people and uh, get things going. Couldn't agree more. So Christmas party 2014, uh, my office Christmas party. And we had finished having the white elephant where uh, one of my staff members stole the item I wanted, not because he wanted it himself, but because somebody thought it would be funny to take it away from me. And he was not Asshole. smart enough to understand that that would be a mistaken thing to do for your supervisor. But anyways, we had eaten. All that was done. <laughs> Still had a few hours in our Christmas party because we actually do that during the workday since nobody would want to get together out of work hours unless they were required or getting paid to do so. So I, I pulled out Love Letter, and I had six people who wanted to play. Uh, I mean, I like most of my staff. We've all worked together for actually about a decade. So, you know, we've got some good camaraderie, good team working together. Um, but most of those people did not stay to play Love Letters. And so I introduced the game and I said, don't worry so much about the cards. We'll play a couple rounds first to learn the game. So just remember the one rule is draw a card, play a card. Draw a card, play a card. Don't worry about winning, just learn that mechanic so we can get the game moving. Well, that took about half an hour for people to understand <laughs> before we even got started playing. So I was getting really, really frustrated. Finally started getting into actually playing the game. And you know, love letters should take at most half an hour for somebody to actually win the whole thing. We'd already passed a half an hour and then I noticed one of my staff members committing the highest crime anyone can ever commit 
when playing a game based on cards. Can any either of you guess what that cruel, horrible, terrible crime could be? Peeking at someone else's hand. Nope. Bending your cards. Close. He put the card in his mouth. Ah! He put it up to his mouth between his lips. And I'm like, you don't know <laughs> where that card has been. I don't want it back afterwards. And this is not your game. And you are not treating my game with respect. And I, I have never been able to look at that staff member the same way ever again. And I just find it so unbelievable that somebody would have such a lack of social whatever that they wouldn't understand that it'd be inappropriate to put somebody else's card in their mouth. I think the word you're looking for is livid. I was I was livid, but I kept myself confused. I was like, this is this is love letter. It's like my favorite game. And you are making it horrible. You're 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 playing slow. You actually think that there's something to win in this whole thing. There's nothing to win except six red wooden cubes. And you're putting my cards in your mouth. You are a terrible, terrible person. Noted in future evaluations. I feel like you learn so much about a person finally sitting down and playing a game with them. Especially yeah, a super easy game like Love Letters. <laughs> I have a small story I can tell. Let's hear it. It's actually Please. recent. Trying to keep the whole downer theme of the podcast and yes, the yes. Apparently, yeah, boy. apparently the theme of me overanalyzing everything. So about two weeks ago, I played my first ever game of Pirate's Den, which is made or at least published by one of your friends, uh, Alan. Crash Games. Patrick okay. Nickel. Yep. Crash Games. No longer. It's now Crash of Games because he merged with Geek Chic. Little factual news blip for you in the gaming world. Yeah. Oh, all right. Cool. Crash of Games now. Crash of Games. Yeah. Didn't he change his logo too? Yep. He did. I remember did. seeing that. I didn't know that was, that was a name change. I thought it was just a logo change, but okay, good to know. So I went through the rules. So I, I preferenced when I set up Pirate's Den. I was like, hey, you're watching me take the shrink wrap off this game. I've never played it. And everyone's like, okay, cool. And I was like, I'm just going to read through the rules. You guys continue, you know, eating and chatting and just give me like five, ten minutes and I'll let you know how to play. So they did that and I went through the rules and... You ever read a rule book like once and you're like that none of that made sense. Absolutely. So as I read the rule book, I'm setting everything up going through and I was like, I'm just let's just go through a couple actions real quick. I'm just going to walk everyone through the action. We're all just going to take kind of our turn at the same time just to see how it is. And we went through it. And after that, I was like, oh, I got it. My my two friends were like, I still don't get it. And I was like, all right, I'm going to take my turn. I'm going to I'm going to help you take your turn. I'm going to help you take your turn. All right, everyone. Seems to have it. So without getting too much in the rules of Pirate's Den, it is a bluffing game. And if you have more than five of a certain color gem, I think there's red, blue, and yellow, uh, you can use your turn to bury your gems to actually score uh, a point. And I think you need six points to win the game. So we're going through, we're playing, we're about ten minutes in, and I was like... Does everyone have their cards ready? And everyone said, yeah. And I said, okay, cool. I was getting, and we were going to do a three, two, one. And before I did the three, two, one, my one friend said, well, we all know what you're going to do. You're going to bury. 
because I had actually two sets of five, which means I would have scored two points. And I said, well, actually, I'm not going to bury. I see both of you have, both of you just scored five gems last time. And actually, you guys are going to bury. What I'm going to do is I'm going to steal from all the middle. My other friend was like, oh, yeah, that'd be a good play. And I was like, okay, cool. We all kind of laughed about it. It was just like a situation. And And then uh, that friend put the cards in his mouth. (laughs) And so I said, three, two, one, flip. And me and my friend who pointed out that that was a good play flipped. And my one friend who confronted me about wanting to bury went, I'm not ready. And I said, but you did say you were ready. And then I gave the scenario that was going to happen. And now you said you're not going to ready. You're not going to be ready. But I know that card right there is your berry card. And he was like, yeah, you're right. But that's not the card I wanted to play. I wanted to play this card. And dug through his deck for a different card. And I was just like, no. The only reason you wanted to change that card is because I laid out the situation that was just about to unfold. Which in reality did unfold, and now you're mad that I called you out on that situation. And this is now a terrible gaming experience. Oh my goodness. So I'm getting so angry to, just listening to this. Is this to say that cheaters make games bad? Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, do you, do you consider that cheating? Do you consider that my fault for not asking if we were ready again? Or do you consider... According oh, no. to your original story, you did ask. You and, did and I, ask originally. I, yeah, and I know exactly who you're talking about, and that dude's a cheater. <laughs> oh, he totally is. He totally looks for those kinds of cracks where he can pull his shenanigans. But it's weird. In, like, a bluffing game, I lay, like, somebody called my bluff. I told them the truth, even though I could have been lying or bluffing. And I predicted the situation that was going to happen to take maximum advantage of it. Because if, if, if those two people are going to bury, that means all the gems in the center are, are free. So you could play a card that says, take all the gems in the center. And as long as no one's doing anything to take those gems, you get all those gems. So instead of burying that turn for two, I was able to bury the next turn for four points because there were so many gems that people were avoiding because they were so set on burying that turn. But yeah, just like a situation like that kind of sucked all the air out of the room, even though there was only three of us, two of, three of us total. At least for me, it sucked the air out. Man, let me validate that experience like none other because that's just, ugh. And we've all experienced it before. It's one of those awkward situations where you either have to let it go and let the game just fall apart or you have to call your friend out. This is just one of those things in life that happen. Do you stand your ground and make a lesson out of this? Like, hey, just so you know, this is what you're socially doing wrong and here's the natural consequences of it. The stakes are actually pretty low. We're just playing a game. But now you've put me in this situation where I'll look like the asshole that I'm not letting it roll off my back. So, or do you just let it roll off your back and just say, oh, we're all here for fun. Yeah, I just lost the game because I let you win or because I didn't call you out. Man, that's rough. So rough. You guys ready for mine? Yeah. Yep. Can you tap R2? Can you tap cards in your mouth and the cards were not in my my mouth? They were in somebody else's mouth. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I'm a disgusting person, Will, so the cards in the mouth, uh, I've seen it before, and yeah, it bothers me a bit just because of the wear and tear in the card, but I don't care about germs. I'm all about germs. I don't care. Uh, I don't care about germs either, Alan. I care about disrespecting William R. Anderson, and that was my property. He disrespected my property. He disrespected me. 
<laughs> okay, fair, fair. That's fair. All right, now I understand more. This is our first time on a podcast together, Will. I've only tweeted with you before, and we met in person when I was hosting Two Rooms in a Boom. That we're is just, correct. We're just getting to know each other. Oh, this yeah, I forgot great. that you guys actually have met. Yeah, but to be totally fair, and no offense, Will, it was all a blur in the malu that is a whole bunch of players because, man, I was going off of no sleep and seeing literally you know, thousands of people and talking to hundreds and hundreds. So that's uh, fine. I was checking out how fine you are because folks out there, Alan is fine. Hey, you shouldn't talk. Will. you've been running looking fine yourself. No, 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 no. I am not tight, hard body like you. Mm -mm -mm. I am 43 year old mess. (laughs) Uh, Well, you know, agree to disagree. So (laughs) (laughs) let me talk about my horrible gaming experience. I have plenty because I'm a sensitive person. I think like you gentlemen are. And to disagree with you a little bit more, Will, I definitely am more about the social experience that everyone has fun. And I think the wires get crossed because I definitely have fun with performing and getting that energy out because I realize I'm a lot like my pit bull dog where I have a whole bunch of energy. And if I don't exercise, I'm just a freak. I'm messing up. And this podcast would probably be better if I worked out really hardcore before I did it. So I just calm my ass down. So I'm a really excited person, but overall, I really like everyone just have fun. I don't give a damn about the game so much, although that's why we're there. It's just an excuse to have fun. This is why when I made two Tuesday night games with Sean, the second goal was to have fun. And I wanted our games to do the same. Because I was a big fan of the resistance until I learned that it really rewards poor sportsmanship and bad behavior. So when we made two rooms in a boom, we wanted to make it very difficult for someone who's emotionally manipulative to win. What do I mean by this? I've explained this before. In the game resistance, if you're the spy, you can really get people off your back a lot of times if you take it to a level beyond the acceptable social level of anger. If someone excuses you of being a spy, you can probably win if you say, listen, man, I'm not the spy. Get off my back. How many times I gotta tell you I'm not the spy? Like, geez, all right, calm down. And you can emotionally manipulate people. And I have plenty of instances of a resistance when the game's over, someone says, ha ha, I won, I was the spy. And I can't help but think, and I've actually said before, But did you? Did anyone actually win this game? I don't think anyone actually won this game. But let me tell you one of the prime examples of this. The game is Intrigue. And if you don't know the game Intrigue, the way it works is you have to make promises with people because they're trying to get positions in your own little empire. You just have this little castle and you have jobs like bishop and king and whatever. And those positions have to be filled by other players. And you can allow them to, but you make deals like, okay, I'll let you be my bishop if you let me be your bishop. But the only way you can win, kind of like diplomacy, is you have to go against a promise. So that's the the element of the game is at some point you have to betray someone in order to win. So knowing this is the aspect of the game, already now in hindsight, I really don't like playing these games because it just sets up for an argument. In fact, they should just call these games, let's see two people really argue, at least two people. But anyway, there are two friends, and I'll just make up their names for the sake of identity. We'll say it's Pete 
and Michael, right? So Pete, Pete makes a promise to Michael and Samantha. It says, hey, if you let me go here, I'll let you do this, whatever. Anyway, it comes down to the betrayal part. And Michael's about to call Pete on his promise. And Pete says, sorry, I'm going to let Samantha do that. And Michael says this. He stands up from the table without exaggeration, says, Pete, you gave me your word that you would let me do this. And if you don't give me that position, I will never respect you again. I'm talking outside of this game. We are no longer friends, and I can't respect you if you don't do that. And Pete was like, geez, okay, all right. And I have to admit, I was really upset at that point that I was like, I got to get out of here. Not to sound like total weakling, but I said, I can't handle this. And I left just because the game came down to the point where someone actually threatened their friendship based upon a game move. Now, was he just emotionally manipulating? Was he not being sincere? We'll never know because it worked and Pete totally caved. Horrible. So the whole point of your story is Pete's super weak. <laughs> yes, Will. Pete is super weak. <laughs> Pete is super weak. He didn't stand up to, what was the name I gave? Mike? Uh, Peach? Or by, yeah, Mike. Mike Whatever. Yes. I should have just used real names. Oh. Anyway, yeah. that was intense, and I, I can't handle that stuff. And I'm still friends with both of those guys, but at the same time, I'll never play those type of games with them again because it's way too intense. You know, it's funny is because I absolutely adored the resistance. It was probably easily one of my favorite games for two, maybe three years. I always wanted to organize game nights around like, can we get seven to like 10 people here to play the resistance? Like usually when friends came back, it was, oh, let's play the resistance. It's when we went up to like visit my girlfriend's uh, family. It was like bring the resistance the family you, you know. actually like yeah well, you know when i plan to have kids one day i wanted to show them the resistance that was a throwback <laughs> earlier so, um i think everyone understands that even okay, including cool. your neighbor's dog all right great awesome and now it's i'm so scared to ever bring the resistance out because i don't ever want to be the person you described and i don't want to be either of those people they uh would you say like Jack and Joe? Yeah, Pete and Michael. <laughs> Perfect, Pete and Pete. Michael. Like I don't want to be the person standing up yelling at somebody, and I don't want to say I, I don't have that in me. I feel like if you made me mad enough, I would be able to stand up and yell at somebody. You yell at people even when you're not mad. You're like, you idiot, this dude's obviously the spy. I have been in that room with you. All right, Whoa! fair enough. Uh, <laughs> and I don't want to be... In that situation where, like, I'm on the receiving end because I know how it feels afterwards. So, yeah, I just, I don't, I, I try not to play the resistance anymore. Yeah, when yeah I, it's I, 40 minutes. Oh, neck beard, chest beard, you ruined my night. <laughs> I know, I wanted to spend so much time with you, Will. I mean, you did spend 40 minutes. Oh, there's, there's plenty of time in the future. The world's not ending tonight, babe. <laughs> All right. Can't wait, man. Well, well, we'll cut table talk. I don't think anyone, any of us had anything. I, I haven't played. I've been so busy this week. That's why we're recording a day late. Uh, I think Alan only played monikers, which we've we've buried. And two rooms in a boom. And I was ready to elevator pitch uh, Fred, which is a great dare game, which caused me to make out with another guy. Not to tease you, Will. 
but uh, <laughs> it's a great dare game, but we'll have to save it for next time. And next time we're supposed to talk about the website too, because we have a meeting right after this, I think, SPJ. Yep, yep. Cool. So uh, no table talk, but that's all right. I think a lot of good stories were, were shared this episode, mostly because Sean was not here. Yeah, suck on that, Sean. <laughs> he will never know because he won't listen to this episode. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> so, uh, Alan, where can our listeners find you? You can find me on Facebook. I'm lonely and accept anyone's friend request, which has become kind of a problem because I think some solicitors have found that out and post a whole bunch of adverts on my page now. But anyways, I'm Alan Gerding, A-L-A-N-G-E-R-D-I-N-G, D-I-N-G. And I'm on the tweets at Alan Gerding. Awesome, awesome. And Will, thank you for being on last minute. Yeah, no problem. Where can our would, listeners find you? Uh, just on Twitter, washing the sink. Um, that should be obvious. W a s h i n t h e s i n k. Awesome. Hardest part is forgetting the G. No G. No G. It's a K. Kind of like Tuesday night with a K. Oh, sweet. You can follow Tuesday night games on twitter at play tkg and that's where we let you know when the latest episode is up and available to download for your ears otherwise you can follow me on twitter is at dragging a lake thank you guys i have to say oh, they now, can email us too oh yeah i suppose you could email us podcast at tuesday night otherwise i think this episode is akabo finished no, I said the Portuguese word for spin and finish. Well, hey, don't cut it off there, and then it's just just yelling at each other as as we fade out. It works this way. Nice.